Hi and welcome to Real Clear Fetish Talks Real Clear Play. This is the third episode of my eight episode series. Um, and today we are going down under and it's very early there right now. Hi Thomas, how are you? I'm good Ralph, how are you? Doing well, doing well. It's it's a bit of an odd conversation when I'm kind of late evening here and you're really early morning there. That's okay. We deal with time differences all the time. We're always adjusting <laughs> to you so you can do it for us. Mm, sorry, sorry. <laughs> we're, we're quite happy you do. We're quite happy you do. <laughs> um, so to start with, I'll do with four standard questions and we'll just run through them and see how we go. Yeah, sounds great. Fantastic. Uh, what do you prefer I call you... Names, pronouns, and title. Well, Thomas is fine. Um, he, him, and titles. Um, are we talking about Dom subtitles or are we talking about other titles? That is, that is completely up to how you would read into it. Um, if we're reading into it, then um, I'm a switch so I can do um, whatever the connection is. Um, but if you're looking for um, any other title, I'm also the Pride of the Hyde 2019, which is a Sydney-based uh, fetish title. Fantastic. And next question. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, so I'm Thomas. I'm 29 years old, born and raised down here in Sydney. Uh, so <sighs> tall, lean, um, 86 kilos. Oh, wait, hang on. You're not after my grinder stats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where's the dick size? Where's the dick size? <laughs> Above average. I'm sorry, what? Um, so, um, kind being into um, more the kink side when I was a um, teenager there, was exploring it via like online porn, um, mainly stories, but then um yeah it started when um out of high school just meeting people and seeing what it is doing stuff privately but in my mid-20s um after i came back from a trip from europe with a whole lot of leather um i started actually becoming more public here in sydney with um the king scene i also moved from the suburbs closer to the city and um, started just, yeah, going to events and um, having fun, meeting people, collecting more gear, spending more money um, and traveling around for it. And yeah, I've been quite uh, active in the community for those three years, um, been involved with mo many events around uh, Sydney and Australia, um, especially like, for instance, like we had our Mardi Gras here, which is like our version of your pride. And um, I always take a very big... just ten thousand times better. Yeah, <laughs> like it's 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 not just a it's not just a parade. It's a it's a it's a it's the social event of the season. Um, mm. And yeah, like over the last couple of years, getting more and more involved in like for this year, taking a really big um, lead with a group called Fetish Australia, where we we um, have a platform that connects all these other fetish title holders around Australia under one banner where we um, promote events. We had a stall at our fair day, which was massive. Um, and we had a really great parade where we pretty much had a, a dungeon on the back of a um, truck going along the streets of Sydney. And yeah, it's fun. So yeah, does that kind of give you a little bit about me? Yeah, it's very interesting. There's a couple of things I would like to dive in. It's like, 
when you're a kid, never go into a stranger in a truck. <laughs> Here we promote doing it. No, I mean, yeah, uh, if any kids saw our truck, um, we had some really, really sexy people from all walks on it there. Um, especially if you saw that muscle bear who was shaking his ass. Ugh. <laughs> I've, we know I've how to put on a good show like anymore. At this point, when we come out of lockdown, the massive kink will be seeing someone's angle. Completely sober, clear-headed, or a social drinker? I'm a social drinker. Um, yeah, so I've never seen um, alcohol to be a um, a um, an issue with my life with there because it's. It's never gotten too far because I either get too drunk and pass out, but or <laughs> but like I'm a very lightweight. I'm like three or four ciders in, and I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I, um, uh, this so probably like this summer period for me, which is this my time out of uni, like from October um, to pretty much end of February. My first first couple of weekends out, like it was Halloween, and I. Uh, I've had some really, really drunk nights, but never to a point that the drinking then leads to something else. Like it's either pure just go and, home and sleep it off. Yeah, go home and sleep it off, or like zigzagging along the sidewalk to get home. Um, but I'm not so like I, I I I don't like dealing with the regret of not having control of my actions. So if I get to that point. I don't want to have to feel bad the next day. Like the social, the emotional hangover for me is worse than the physical hangover. So I don't like to do that. I, re I remember that very clearly. I was a, a binge drinker and I would get like blackout drunk yep. most times. And I would always wake up, not necessarily with, yes, a massive hangover, but, but that like that anxiety of what did I do last night? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, with, um, just recently we had an event with, one of our friends, and yeah, one one of our friends made a tit of himself, um, and mm. he's had to have some hard truths spoken to him. But you yeah. don't, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna have to go through that. Um, um, so when it comes to alcohol, yeah, I have a few drinks, but um, also because I'm I'm usually the I'm usually the Uber driver for my friends. So well, that's a good way of like being lightweight when it comes to drinking, anyway. So that's. That's a good way to get around it. If you don't want to be drinking that evening, just be the driver. Yeah, be the driver. Um, or I can have about three drinks to still be under the limit with here. Yeah. And that's just enough to give me a bit of a buzz. Um, and I don't drink solo. I don't drink at home. I don't drink by myself. I drink I drink, I drink, drink in company only there. Yeah, I was... When, when I used to drink, it, I would never... Never, it would never occur to me sitting sitting by myself to drink. It it was just never really on my radar, even with my binge drinking, even with some of my not so lucky habits. Um, no, it was never really a thing. Yeah. And the last question: uh, What is clear play to you, and why is it important? Well, so uh, clear play for me, I think, is being present in the moment before we're there. So, um, if I kind of look at black what I think not clear play is and that's probably quite a bit of experiences in my like twenties for instance where um I was relying on substances to um 
lower my inhibitions to do things as well and to get myself in the right headspace to, um, for instance, be picky for that kind of sense there. Now, when I look at it, I'm like, okay, I'm having to relearn things because yes, I've done it while I'm in that state, but if I can't do it now or remember how to do it in another state, am I re- can I really say I've experienced that? I say no. Mm. So I'm having to, the real clear play is go into, okay, what are these things that I want to do that are picky, for instance, um, but that I can actually do lucidly to get myself into the headspace, experience it, get, and then experience every single sensation, every single aspect of that situation. And therefore I know if I'm say into it or not there. So I th- Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the discussions I have with like recovering addicts. And especially also for me, I was, I was, it was a lot of questions around some of the stuff I was into. Was it actually me or was it the drugs that did it? And it, it's, it's very much relearning. I'm now three and a half years down the line. Mm-hmm. I'm still relearning stuff. Um, <laughs> I've definitely reclaimed a lot of my pigginess, but it's different. It's a different way of approaching it when you're doing it with a clear head. Well, like, yeah, like, like if we want to go into like a specific, for instance, just chatting to people like, oh yeah, for instance, I'm into water sports, but I don't think I actually ever did it with the, because of my substances, because I still found it, I think a bit gross. However, over the last year, I'm, and I started learning how to, for instance, um, drink for instance my own um pee and i just i learned to love it and now i can do it but i'm doing it also but i'll do it i'll you know take it from the tap and i actually really enjoy it i'm so happy with myself because um i've been able to discover it soberly um and not have to be like in a different mindset to take it like not even drunk like no like actually like like yeah just straight off dinner um, and kind of take a, take a sip. It's good. <laughs> See, I'm I'm much more. I like being pissed on. I don't necessarily like drinking it, but that's just. I I don't mind if I have a sub with me and he's buying me drinks. I normally have a sub buying me drinks, and then I'll go to the bathroom, relieve myself, and he can have that. <laughs> and that's normally a, a great hit for that evening. Um, for anyone, anyone watching, just a, a side comment to what me and Thomas are talking about now is if you enjoy piss play, but you're also sober, be wary about who you take directly from the tap because drugs go into the pee. Yeah. So if you are being sober and you drink someone's pee that's from someone who's high or have been using for a while, like 12 hours maybe, you will get high from it. So be careful with that. Yeah, of course. So I know who... <laughs> know your source. No, no, yeah, know your source. No, <laughs> know, know which flavor or which brand you're getting. It's 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 very important. As I, I was about to say, it's not necessarily something I'm proud of, but at, at the end of my using, I would normally keep a glass of my own pee at the end of the session. <laughs> but mm, classy, I know. But it's what of what I did because um, you just reused. Yeah, I mean, I was more so. Um, not this hole, another hole to put in. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So 
like diving into the whole like sober and you said you you used it a little bit in the 20s can, can we explore a little bit about that sure. i know you are now sober or clear of drugs at least yeah so um clear of um like drugs substances however you want to call it um it's been since easter last year so that's like start of april there uh i'm not gonna lie it's tough with it there um and so like especially especially recently i've had quite a lot of cravings come back with it there Mm. not just the holidays but just just um I think there's been some stressful situations and it's kind of just coming up and you know thinking oh god wouldn't it just be nice to just have an escape however i'm happier that i haven't had that escape because i've had to deal with my situations on my own head all right and that is what i've been um more proud about is the fact that like, i've gone through the situations clear of mind with it there because I have no regrets with my actions because I made them myself. All right. Yeah. Doesn't mean I can't do things better. It just means that I'm not like, oh, well, I was in this state, therefore I should have not made that decision because I should not have made it in that state. All right. But instead, that hasn't been the case. But going back from that, um, I probably like first, first drug, I think, like, you know, first pill was at 18, New Year's. Eve. my first like i turned 18 in december new year's eve that year I had my first i loved it what was great amazing i right. so fun that come down the next day i took a fart and i thought i shut my pants like it was it was it was i was trashed on one and a half like one and a half ecstasy pills um and you know and that was cool but it, that was that's not what we we're really talking about because that was never no. much but then I think it was actually, yeah, 20 is when I started probably getting involved with um, ice, okay? Um, doing it there. For anyone who might not know what that is, what is ice? Um, what's that? Uh, crystal, tea, meth, um, all those kind of things, okay? Cool. Um, so, um, if now we have to say that. So... Yeah, so I started getting involved in that because it's uh, it's common here. But I was actually talking to a good friend of mine who's a doctor in um, drug and alcohol, and I think Sydney's been dealing with it, or Australia's been dealing with it for probably two to three decades now. But we've got health programs in place to kind of deal with it. But as like a twenty year old, you don't you don't know that you just do it with it there, had it, you know, quite readily available for it there. But I was always playing with others. I never had contact, I never had a source. Um, I would always be with someone else, which that's how I rationalized it to myself that it's okay, I don't have a problem because I can't get it myself. Mm. All right, I always have to be with others to, to get it. So there's always that barrier without having to me to do it there okay so that's kind of how i did it and yeah um 20s um definitely yeah in my early 20s was doing it quite frequently with it there um uh i think yeah when i 
in my first year or so doing it, I think like, you know, I would sometimes be doing it upwards of twice a month, for instance, and recovering it, dealing with all the issues, studying on the side. Um, gosh, how did I manage? How did I, <laughs> how did I function? Oh, I, I, do you know, do you know what your story is, is very similar to mine? I don't know how I would manage because, well, at the end of my using, I was definitely like maybe three, four day bin binges of it um, and going into work with no sleep um, because it is the one thing you definitely can't when you've been using that is sleep. Exactly. Um, it is absolutely impossible. Um, oh, and trying to so and sitting there going, go to sleep, go to sleep. You're like, I can't go to sleep, go to sleep. And being, being in my um, family home, I'm on the ground floor um, bedroom or you're on a six lane road and just like hearing just one car go by at two o'clock in the morning is like a mm. nightmare. Like I can't, I can't sleep. I can't switch off and stuff like that. And just like all like the, like the little routines and tricks that you're like, okay, I've got to like close my ears here and be really still and um, try and, um, you know, uh, I'll have an easy day tomorrow, all these kind of things. Just like, why did you just not do it? <laughs> But I, I, so, I did it to have fun. So, well, yeah, so like the rest of us, we, we do it to have fun. But you also you also get to a point now where, where the aftermath just outweighs the fun of it. A hundred percent. What was the change for you that made you choose to actually, no, I, I need to give this up. I need, I need to change my habit and also, well, reclaim your fetish life as well because I'm sure that was intertwined. Yeah, well, so the first kind of time when it really... Like, the first time we really had an issue was probably back in 2019 when I was dating um, um, my boyfriends. Um, and I was visiting him in another city and I just went AWOL. And I'm like, oh, like what? I've come down to see you and I've, you know, we've been at a thing, you've gone home, I've continued on and I've gone down this path. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, why? And he was so supportive. He's like, it's okay. I've, um, I know what you're going through. Um, we're going to get through this and stuff. And it was, he was really, it was really good. Um, but at that point there, I was like, okay, I'll give up. Eyes, but you know, I'll still like say, for instance, do MDMA. All right, I still have my uppers with it there, and that was kind of like, um, kind of like the compromise that I was giving myself with it there. Um, and but it worked for us at the time because when we would go to parties together and we'd both, you know, have some fun with that stuff, we had a game plan. We had a we had a we had a timeline. We had a thing like, okay, if this happens, we're going to do this, or like, okay, we go home together. You don't go home anywhere else. And that worked fine. And that worked really well for us. Um, and um, like even like, for instance, like Mardi Gras, we had a truly trash time. We didn't party together. But we were at the same party, but we're having our own separate parties. But then we broke up. And so that kind of was gone. But then the major event was probably, yeah, around Easter. Lock the first lockdown here was kind of hitting. I was just just wanting it there was so much I was going through probably like a mini depression I wasn't feeling that confident in myself um 
the demons inside were just saying, do it, do it, do it. And, you know, found it and went. Um, and got high. And, um, and then that was like, okay. And that was not good because I hurt someone really close to me because um, they didn't want me to do drugs at all again. And um, this was kind of a second strike for their which cost us a special relationship together. So I went, okay, no more. Um, I wrote myself a contract with it there, which I'm looking at right now because it's stuck behind my computer about the letter that I wrote to that person saying how sorry I am and how much I value them. Um, and I've kind of kept it as a reminder to me there. And then I just said, okay, enough's enough. No, nothing. I don't care what it is. I've never liked, for instance, it's all, for me, it's always uppers. Okay. Never. Weed, hallucinogens, not really, not really my game, but anything that kind of enhances those feelings that I get from, you know, NDMA, ice, all that kind of stuff. I like that. That's what worked for me. Um, so I said, no. And it was kind of good that I did it when I did because there wasn't part, there's no parties. All right. There's no big events there. Um, I've been to house parties with my friends and some other friends. They've, they've taken stuff, but I've said no and they've respected that. And that's been good. It's been good that when someone, when you say no first, that they don't ask again. And it's gotten easier to say no every single time to a point that New Year's. I was at a party and there was other people um, off their tits. And um, when I said no, and, and they're like, wow. And I, because some people are like, no, but we know you. And I go, yeah, but you don't know me now. And they're like, wow, that's really respectful of you. And they were like beyond funny with it as well. Like, they're like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you, are, are we not boring you because we're on this level and we're on this level? I'm like, no, it's fine. It's good to be on the other side and know that you're having a time and your time's going like, you know, all over the shop and you're not having any concept. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, so it's um 10 o'clock. Um, yeah, yeah. You think it's only I'm, been, I'm okay. You think it's only been five minutes? It's uh, it's been two hours since you've done stuff. Um, so yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm gonna go to bed later on the night, and I'm gonna be fresh as a daisy. And just the next morning when I'm having lunch with them all, um, and just seeing them, you 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 could you could be a little bit smug the next day. I like, so was. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm drive fine. home now because like i'm i'm good i'm i you know like we're 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 out of sydney i i want to go home and i can i can i can go home <laughs> you guys have to stay another day <laughs> yeah they're just sitting there sweating it out <laughs> it, it's 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 not it's not a pretty sight it's not a pretty sight. like you know the, the sinuses in the brain are just not quite going over the line like they know they want to but they just can't get there <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just out of reach. It's like, just out of reach. Like, you know, but but well well done you for going to a party and it is being offered. I definitely especially in early recovery I found that a struggle. Um I avoided it like the plague going anywhere where I would feel like, oh shit, there might be something offered to me. Mm. Um going on holiday last year, 
um, I went to Gran Canaria and, and literally every day I would have offers. Yeah. Um, like three, four times a day for, for either buying drugs or offered drugs from other gay men where they were doing something. And the only thing I could think was like, where the fuck were you four years ago when I was here? <laughs> <laughs> when I was still using. Come on. I, know. I could never find anything in Gran Canaria, but now that I don't want it. Everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> bunch of gay guys being bored in lockdown. That's what it was. Um, so it's, it's. I think with stuff like this, yes, it's dark. Yes, it's upsetting, and and hope, hopefully your relationship with your friend will get better over time. I've definitely been through that myself. Mm. I've had one of my best friends, my beta, um, who lives in Berlin. Well, you know, you know, yeah. you know, AD Park, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's one of my best friends. I love him to bits. But that relationship almost went away mm. because of me. Uh, one time here in London, we went to a party. He had fun at the party. I didn't. So I went off. Yeah. He went to the airport without saying goodbye. We went to Copenhagen for Eurovision when I was there. I ended up at a party. I caught up with him at the airport. If, ooh, and... and I wrote a letter to him as well. I, I even I bought him a little dog tag saying I'm sorry, um, and he gave me a, a sec, a, well, a third chance, and that was kind of after that. It, it it took a while to like build that trust up again. Yeah. But I'm I'm so happy with the relationship we have now. Of course, we don't get to see each other very often, especially not the last year. No. Uh, but it's it's. I'm so glad he stuck around even through all that shit because that is that means the world to me and he's also he's said several times he's so happy he did stick around that he didn't write me off yeah as a, as a friend even after me fucking up massively twice with him yeah so I think that's probably one thing I kind of am happy about is oh not happy about that just lucky that I was able to not hide, but, you know, manage myself accordingly that it didn't impact any of my relationship, friends, commitments, anything like that. You know, um, I did, you know, this, I, I, I'm doing my master's degree right now and I took the first semester off, which was just when lockdown hit. I took it off before lockdown because I was supposed to go to IML to watch, but that never happened. Um, and, but so in the spring semester here, I did degree, I did my studies and I did my, um, and I did my subject and I'm like, that's the first subject I've done in my degree. So that's my eighth subject. I've done seven subjects. And at some point within the subject, I have taken a something. Okay. I have done it there. Um, but I'm a high distinction student. I'm on an 89.25 average and I've still managed to do that. But I'm like, oh my God, thank God. At least I know, like, at least I know that I'm able to still achieve it when I'm not doing stuff. And you, people think, oh, wait, but but you have a clearer mind. I go, yeah, but a clearer mind also means I'm open to more distractions and procrastinating and stuff like that. Sometimes the come down of doing stuff made me in a really zen state or really, like, just focused. And I was, you know, I knew I couldn't do anything else, so I would just do my uni work and just shut myself mm. off. And because, um, you know, taking that stuff stopped my body feeling that I need to be hungry and stuff like that. So I was just powered through kind of thing. It's a long time to recover after that. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, 
I'm still surprised that I managed to make everything else work. This relationship was the major like collateral damage from this situation, but it was, and or no, it was just one, but it was the one that mattered the most. Whether that, and they they are they have been very proud of me. Whether there, but the deal is still there. If I take anything again, say goodbye to even a friendship with them. It's it's. I think sometimes I've definitely had what I would categorize as tough love. Yeah. From some people, where it's like you need to have to snap out of it. Uh, one of my best mates here in London kind of just went, "Ralph, you look like a junkie." Oh, that was a hard one to get thrown in my face. But I don't think I ever really looked dependent or ill in in a way. But I was definitely very thin. Oh, hundred percent. Very. I was. I was definitely on the e-plan diet. I was like looking thin and gorgeous with a jawline to kill for. Like yeah, nothing but nothing feels all... as like like nothing nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely looked like a skeleton with ears, and it's not a good look because that is the first place I lose weight is my face. So it it's it, it's 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 a hard fact when someone actually just pulls you aside and goes, do you know what? You look a bit like a junkie. Maybe you should need to look at that. Yeah. That, that took a long while to not get over, but kind of chew on or uh, mull over that as a friend looked at me like that. Yeah, like it's, that's not good at all because it's confronting. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But sometimes I think because we go in... in that slightly druggy haze, even when you're not using, you're still, your brain is not completely running on full salinity, uh, um, full throttle, if you could say. And it's just sometimes you need to have someone looking from the outside and in and just go, actually, maybe you should take that knife out of your leg. Exactly. And like... stop doing that. <laughs> Um, but it's also a question: Are you ready to listen at that point? That is the question. That you, it, we all see these American films. It was like we're going to have an intervention. We're going to sit Susan down and talk about her a little bit over drinking. It's not going to work if Susan's not ready to listen. No, if, then it's not going to work. Susan doesn't want to come to the plants. party. Yeah, you can just plant seeds around. Like, okay have you thought about this give them a, a fold but not necessarily address it directly Adr- directly sometimes can be more damaging than actually kind of going in a little bit coarsely or kind of going should we just sit down and have a little bit of a friendly chat about some of your behaviors that's sometimes the better way of doing it because you're not necessarily saying there's something wrong you're just saying well maybe we should just look at it a little bit it's fine well that's different because, like, in my situation, I didn't really have that many people who knew I was doing it. So I didn't really... Have, and because I was doing, I think, a stellar job in hiding it because my friends have said they didn't even pick it up. But the... the mm. But, like, you know... Oh, babes... Are the, what, is this coming pr- from... Is this coming from friends who don't use themselves or from friends who also use themselves? No, nah, don't use themselves because a lot of my friends... Okay. Um, I didn't really have that many other friends who I would know. Like, I, I don't think I decided to become friends with people that I knew that used who also knew me in a social setting. Then there wasn't that many people like that. I kind of kept them separate there. Yeah. But, you know, like, someone's like, oh, wow, 
have you had some blood tests going? I'm like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's why the bruise is there. Oh, wow, but you only got one down the other week. Yeah, 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 I needed to go again for a second test off. Like, you know, like, like the stories like that, like, it's like, oh, okay, that's not what I want to have. Oh, when, you know, I'm 24 or something like that, and I was at home and one of my dad's friends goes, wow, Tom, like, you're really thin. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it was just Christmas working at Toys R Us, like, long days, no no eating, like, 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 like long, long days where I was like, yeah, I just probably just haven't recovered from all the things I was doing in Christmas period to manage that stress. Uh, But when, when you're six foot three and you're below 70 kilos or going towards 70 kilos, you're, you're skinny. You're thin. That is very skinny. I, I know how I look if I get down to maybe like 70, 72. Yeah. That, that is even for me skinny and you're, you're at least almost 20 centimeters taller than me. So that, yeah. Yeah. I can see why someone might pick up on that. But that being said, Um, that's also why I enjoy not doing because, um, like, uh, last year, like I was to the reverse. Uh, my dad goes, wow, you're getting quite a muffin top. I'm like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You can't win. I'm like, oh my God. He's like, Oh, I'm like, don't worry. Joining a gym. So this was 2019. I'm like, I'm joining a gym. I started doing it, but then um, I was doing three days. But then once I've started, like, actually, no, I, I'll do five days a week, which I started doing last year. And then having people say, wow, you look so good. You've always looked good, but now you look really good. I'm like, yeah, I know. Because I've got some meat on my bones. I've still got that. I, I still the same weight as my dad said that I had a muffin top, but it's all just shifted around. It's just sitting differently. Yeah. yeah. You just moved it around. <laughs> but to have your I, own I think, barber I think that give is... you a muffin top, I'm like, thanks, dad. <laughs> well, I, I come from a family of proud muffin tops. So I'm, I'm very careful. I'm... My, I love my big brother dearly. Uh, he used to be the thin one. He used to be like 62 kilos. And he's like maybe two centimeters smaller than me. So he was extremely thin. Yeah. Then he stopped smoking. And now he's a full-fledged bear with a big beard down to here <sighs> uh, and a ponytail. He's he's very popular with my friends when his picture pops up. I mean, um, hello, like, hook a brother up. <laughs> Uh, he's 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 also he also has a girlfriend with with a kid now so yeah i think that ship has sailed um but yeah he used to be the thin one now i am the thin one and i've always kind of like my weight has always gone up and down and up and down especially down when i was using but in lockdown and in early recovery i think i went from using crystal meth to ooh chocolate um and i think the first year i was very happy just to eat what i wanted because i knew i was underweight massively underweight and also i was like fuck it this year i'm focusing on not doing drugs so if i'm eating a little bit more chocolate than normal Mm. so be it as long as it's not the rest of my life and all of a sudden i end up being as big as a house yeah um and because that's that's equally unhealthy 100 (laughs) percent Uh, and I definitely have a massive sweet tooth, so I have to be really careful. Um, so, so that's really fantastic, and 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 it, it sounds like you're in really really good space now. Actually, I want to want to round back a little bit to 
Um, you said you had a title through your leather club. How, how did that come about? Oh, okay. I'm always curious about titles. As, as you can see in the background, I also have a title. Mine's there. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. Um, so uh, the title is called Pride of the Hide. Um, so the hide is a Sydney fetish social. Sydney leather and fetish social. Um, it started in 2017, mid 2017. Um, so August, 2017, my first time there was Mardi Gras 2018. So, um, towards the end of February, start of March that year, I was so nervous. And I had a friend who kept on saying, come, come, come. And I missed like two or three of them. And I was so nervous. I just didn't want to go anyway. So I went there, it started at five. I, I arrived at seven cause I had work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually had an amazing time. I was so nervous, but I met some really lovely people there. Um, and for when it started, it was at, it was at this bar called Ward Bar and you had to walk to alley behind and then walk up all these stairs. Oh God, that was like the hardest walk ever. Like the stairs weren't hard. (laughs) I wasn't unfit, but just the anticipation about what you're getting into. Come, Mm. oh, the next event, I don't think it it was until I think... Gosh, I don't think the next event was until May or something like that because I think they had a break, but they didn't come back until May. And at that point, I already they already done a couple other fetish events in Sydney. So come May, oh my god, I bounded up those stairs. I'm like, I'm here, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, and I was having, I was having a oh, ball, and it's an amazing time. It was really good. It's, um. Like the hide, I guess it's a, it's got, um, it's a ticketed event there. Um, but like the, the essence is, is wear your best fetish. Okay. And it was really, um, a nice like social event, had a bit of high caliber to it there, but very welcoming. Anyone can kind of do it. And it's really become quite a staple here in Sydney in terms of the event. So then come 2019, they, the organizers decided to run a title, but they, the thing is, okay, do we just do another Mr. Tile? Um, however, over the last couple of years, there's been quite, you know, the, the gender debate um, and discussion with it there. And yeah. looking at inclusivity. Um, so the suggestion was uh, that what came up was actually just have a title that was um, free of gender and free of fetish because the hide it says leather and fetish social. However... We don't, it did, the title didn't want to be, you know, uh, limiting it to who can enter and what they can do. Because at the end of the day, you're, the, the aim of the title is just to represent the club and the, um, yeah. and the, the event um, within Sydney. Yeah, so, and um, I'm the first title holder for it there. Um, I competed against a lovely fellow called Pete. We had a really good competition. Kind of been a fun um, experience because... No one's really done before me, so I can kind of just learn as I go with it there. Um, you know, good, good, good team, good people supporting me, um, and um, yeah. And the my a good friend said to me, okay, so like with titles, like some people can either you know um, they either you know support something or they mm-hmm. grow grow something. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna focus on the community here in Sydney because Sydney. Um, has gone in waves and stuff of being having a good strong community to um a distant community and before lockdown and still during lockdown 
we've been going on the up. Like there's been more kink events happening, more exposure, more visibility. Um, because when it works, it works. Because it's, when it's good, it's, yeah. it's busy, it's vibrant, it's exciting. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do something that helps build up the fetish community. So beyond just, you know, having more diversity, inclusion in our events and, um, and marketing, I'm like, okay, um, a good friend said to me, why don't you do your podcast um, of the community um, and interview people? I'm like, okay. He goes, well, you have to talk um, and you've done it once before. Do it. Okay. Okay. So I made it happen. So I do a um, podcast called King Closet, which you have been on with it there. I've been a proud guest on that. Yes, yes. very much so. Done 23 episodes as of now, but... It was supposed to, it was... You are literally my competition. <laughs> we hit different niches and we explore completely different absolutely, stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm just joking. I know. Um, I could not do this video thing, so I commend it to you. I very much enjoy just being on an audio-only format. It is so much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been very well received and um, it's was... The original aim was to kind of explore... Sydney Kingsters. However, then my first interviewee was joking. So that kind of went out the window straight away. So <laughs> instead I just it just just aim is just to increase the visibility of the King community. Um by Oh Joe Joe King is 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 absolutely a doll. Yeah. Um he's also my title sister. Mm, what did he say? We have the same title. Exactly. So... Um, um I was hitting all the Mr. Leather Europe's <laughs> Yeah, you're just collecting them. It's like Pokemon. Yes. It's like catch them all. Mm, don't get um, me started. But yeah, it's been a, it's a good educational tool. Um, people divulge on their first time and we go from there. We get into some really fun stories. Okay, but yeah, that's that's the title. I think I went so off track. But the thing is, it's just, it's a Sydney, it's a Sydney-based fetish and kink title um, that, Anyone can go from, um, like, for instance, the Sasha we got, um, I will pass down to the next title holder and now put their own mm-hmm. piece onto the Sash um, and so on and so forth. And hopefully there's 10 spaces on that title and I hope that we fill it up for 10 years with it there. So um, that's quite exciting with it there. So, yeah. Are you, are you going to clean the Sash down before you hand it over? No, fuck no. They get... <laughs> it's going to be... Sweat and tears on that sash, I'm sure. No, they, they get all the essence of... The, es- the essence, is that what we call it? The essence of Thomas oh. and all the other things onto it. <laughs> I think I mentioned that to I, someone. I'm, I'm just going to, like, a disclaimer for the for the sash, so don't put a black light on it. No. <laughs> I think I told um, one of the organisers about that, and I got a look of horror. I go, well, at least now you know. <laughs> <laughs> So it's 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 interesting for me to like hear about the Sydney kink scene and as well. It's it's so how how are you finding? Um, of course, with with lockdown and and not being able to do a lot, you're much more open than at least the UK is at the moment. We're literally I I probably haven't left my flat for two weeks. So it's 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 interesting how how will you keep a scene alive in in that type of setting? I'm I'm assuming you've moved some of stuff like socials online. I know there's been some couple of Sydney online 
socials uh, or fetish socials. One of the things I've always kind of noticed is when, when I talk to people about going to Australia and about kink, everyone kind of leans towards Melbourne mm. instead of Sydney. As you live there, is this like... Is is the scene growing to so it can start competing with Melbourne or is Melbourne overrated? <laughs> I mean, so disclaimer, you're gonna get a fully biased view towards Sydney because I'm a proud Sydney Absolutely. cider. Um and you hear the common thing. Um Melbourne v Sydney, um there's there's better infrastructure there, however, like for for the for the for the um male identifiers there is the lead which is a, a staple venue with it there um and they've got a very um very cohesive scene but it's grows and does their own thing but in terms of like it, it, people send it down to like the overarching definitions of the city for instance melbourne is very much classified for their cultural scene and like that's the arts and the culture and you know a bit more of bohemian st style of city there okay while people from sydney it's a much more of a cosmopolitan kind of city okay go 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 it is i think probably quite a competitive city to be in mm. um i think a lot of people are uh on the thing of like you know um uh trying to you know Get the, not to get the upper hand, but, you know, always striving for the next best thing, okay? Always striving for that improvement, etc. Uh, and to some people looking out, they say, wow, it's a really tough city to live in. I'm not going to disagree. It comes to support, no. But when it, when it works, it's amazing, as I say. Like, when it's... When you are, when you are in that thing where you are kind of the buzz and the excitement, it is good. Um, without going into too much details, I think the common thing is um, Sydney had a retraction in the community because one of the major organisations dissolved, okay? And they were mm. kind of the um, flow of events for the king community. The bear, the bear community up here is quite strong. The queer community up here is quite strong, but the king community had kind of waned a bit and they wasn't really doing so interestingly what actually happened was in response to this inactivity people started doing their own social events without being tied to an organization and i think that's where it differs to melbourne while a lot of that's melbourne yes there is community but you'll find that a lot of events in terms of ones that involve males they're all pivoting around one venue one location mm. okay while in sydney it's become actually quite diversified in what's on offer because the events happen in different areas. Like we've got Oxford Street, but we've also got the Inner West, which is Newtown, which is where I live. And we've got events that happen here. We've got events that happen in the inner city. And, but they all offer different things. They were catered for different things. So like, so there's different kind of things happening. The benefit of that is, is that, there's kind of something for everyone and like, people aren't feeling like it's just relying on one thing. So therefore, if something happens to, say, for instance, one of the events, the community itself doesn't get affected, all right? But it's hard to kind of explain to someone like, yes, it's just different because for us, we can't have, like, for those kind of events, there is no sex on the premises, all right? It is a social. Everything starts as a social. Dance clubs the same. Like, you have a good dance party, etc. We have some really great dance parties. But the... 
the actual king socials are socials. So therefore, if you want to hook up with someone, you got to get to know them. All right, you actually have to. Oh, you don't want to do that. Oh, why would you want to have a conversation with someone? Exactly. <laughs> How, but interestingly, it takes that pressure of just, oh, do I just meet them in a dark room? But no, you actually have to talk to them. And it's actually become, it's actually, I, for me personally, it's helped me because that's how I prefer to operate. All right. That's how I prefer to kind of, you know, flex my social network, get to know people and build connections that way there. So it's just different. There's stuff happening all the time. It's just, it's kind of becomes less obvious and more networking side, but the community itself is, um, is there as for what you said earlier, how have you kind of kept it alive with it there? Yes, we've done online stuff as well. and But not only that, we've got some other events in Sydney, like other kink groups, um, and they've done a lot of their trainings and teachings online as well, which has been great. But with Australia now, most most of us were all open. So Melbourne, who had the world's strictest lockdown, is now having unrestricted um, hospitality. I'm not jealous at all. Not, je- <laughs> not jealous. At, not, <laughs> I... It's just funny because they got slammed and criticised about how strong they were. And I don't get me wrong, it was, I think it was hard. Uh, but they're reaping the rewards now. However, in Australia, we've got a lot lower population and it's a lot easier to kind of do these kind of things. Uh, it's hard now, but better later. Uh, in Sydney, where... Oh, yeah, Abs- absolutely. It's, 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 it's tough at the moment. It's definitely tough being here. I live by myself. I, I, I don't see anyone unless it's socially distanced, walks outside. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm following the guidelines as much as possible, especially... But it's, it's hard when you're seeing the figures going up and up and up and up. And there's not been any events for God knows how long. I know our level social, the first Sunday in a, in a month... Uh, is on Zoom now, um, which I'm I'm doing a talk um, because of the end of um, so uh, so Jan- um, dry January. So it's it's so I'm doing their next social and talking about being sober and a kinkster. Um, but it's that's as much as of the fetish events that is because there is absolutely nothing. Pubs are closed, bars are closed, yeah. discos are closed, everything's closed. But we can kind of see a glimmer of hope in the, in the distance with the vaccine now being out, being rolled out quite successfully here in the UK. So we're 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 hopeful. We're all yeah. we're all hopeful. Like too, I did, what I did mention before credit is that, for instance, the Sydney pub community here has been consistently doing online zooms every Sunday for the, um, and to their credit, they've been really receptive to online. While I think for some other people, um, especially I think for the Sydney half uh, like for people in our community, especially for people who had to work from home, they don't want to, they don't want to get online to a Zoom call in their gear. It doesn't do the same thing for them. All right. I'm I I I have like different views on it. I've done a couple, but I, yeah, I I find it slightly for me. It's it's slightly stressful. I find like having all those faces and different gear, and you kind of have to do chatting and not chat. Yeah. with sound on because then it just turns into a right mess or if there is sound on there will always be a couple of people that are more dominating than others when talking and I just for me that's 
a little bit stressful. Yeah. But that's just my experience. So I've not done as much of it as I have. I've done this and I've, I've done live streams on my Instagram, but that's approximately it. But then it's, it's one-on-one. Yeah. I'm much better at that if I'm doing fetish stuff one-on-one. Yeah. It's much easier for me. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I mean, I'm probably going to be gloating now, but I think so Sunday, this is going to be probably after this is on live, but we're actually having the first physical event for the hide this um, coming Sunday. Um, so jealous. Yeah. So it will be a sit down event for us, um, which if, we're all like, yes, it's not to our, what we want, but it's, we're just hungry. It's a start. Oh, it's a we start. We just want something. It's, it's, it's that little toe in, in the water just to check how cold it is before going in. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a glimmer of hope. We also had that a little bit when they opened up and now we're closed back down again and then we open up and then we're closed down and down again. It's, it's, so def- we have done the sit down events as well down uh, here in the UK. Yeah. Uh, we've so, had it so long that we just, just accept it. Um, uh, but I think because it's summer, people do, we just want to, we just want to get started to do something. And we're going to be very understanding. And um, we've, we're, everyone's had, like, for instance, in Sydney, one big event that everyone had to sit down. So kind of everyone had a shock to the system that, yes, this is what it might have to be like. Um, so we're definitely coming into the next events. Okay, you know, you've we've done this before. And we're also preparing that if we do do stuff in Mardi Gras, which is um, next month, that we, we, know, we know what we're getting into. Okay, we know we know what we know what to kind of expect and kind of manage expectations and that kind of stuff as well. But it's just trying just to get the active again, and that's what we try to do. Even even though I said like you know, zooms aren't for everyone. We were still quite happy that we still did a zoom from April till November once a month for two hours just to still be current and it's just to still have an outlet for it there. Just so yeah. we just so we did there. Um, but we've had summer here. We're very much enjoying the weather. Not today, but <laughs> uh, our snow is just about melting from the weekend, so ugh. it's it's not great here at all. Uh, January is normally always the worst for me, yeah. but I'm I'm really happy that you have an event, and I'm really excited that it is happening for some people, and 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 we're getting somewhere and. And especially as I know, Australia's figures were really bad. Ours are, well, we are in our second spike or massive spike at the moment. Um, so it's it's really pleasing to hear that we are getting somewhere. Well, I, um, our, our outbreaks when like, so Sydney, we went to like another, we had a, a tightening of restrictions, not a lockdown, but, uh, except uh, one area, one area of Sydney went into lockdown. So that was like, you know, 18 cases sparked a, um, an outbreak in our definition and when you look at the graph uh, that one outbreak turned into just over 200 locally transmitted cases but that was like you know one case out is enough to trigger restrictions to get triggered yeah our government has definitely not do that i think in just in my area in london north london uh one of the boroughs we like 35 boroughs here in london in my borough alone in one day we had six thousand cases so you can understand our government is not very popular at the moment um our state has had less than five thousand cases the entire pandemic 
it's it's horrible here it's it's really really bad and it's one of the reasons i'm so careful yeah i do not want to end up in hospital with them being so overcrowded at the moment it, it's horrifying it's no. absolutely horrifying but you're doing I'm, the right I'm so thing happy that yeah absolutely even if i'm going a little bit crazy but that's fine um <laughs> do you know what i i'm i want to i want to end this and and just say and without being really sappy and, and without making you really uncomfortable is just say how proud I have of you for actually getting to a point now where you're almost coming up to a year being off of drugs and, and I know it's not easy it's it's such a difficult thing we've had conversations about it before yeah. and I'm as as someone who previously used himself I know how difficult it is and I can only say how proud I am of the work you're doing and, and still keep going and still keep going with the fetish stuff because that mm. can be difficult when you're doing it sober as well or or without drugs yeah exactly because it's inhibitions and your mind plays tricks on you and it's not it's not the same it's not worse so it's not bad but it's just it's different exactly and, and it's about finding that ground thing with it so it's yeah um, before we uh, sign off, um, is there any like information you wanted to give out to whoever is viewing this, like email, YouTube channel, podcast name, stuff like that, before we log off? Uh, shout out. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I hate to say it, I didn't use any kind of resources in terms of managing my um, substances. Um, However, if anyone's in New South Wales, I think if you go, especially to Acon, they've got quite a lot of resources there. Um, um, and the mental health side of things, um, Are You Okay, Beyond Blue, Lifeline, all those kind of jazz there um, for people in Australia. Um, so that's from that side of there. Uh, as for if you want to get in touch with me personally, um, Probably, I'm going to say, probably Instagram is the best way to get in touch with me. Um, I probably use that more than most of the other ones. I'm at John Galt AUS um, there, or my podcast is called The Kink Closet, which is at kink.closet with a K for both, um, where you can find all episodes. Um, uh, there's a link to the um, the podcast hosting website, but it was also, it's also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's on like 20 different podcast services, okay? You will find it. Um, but yeah, just um, that's especially if you're wanting to kind of like hear other people's stories, um, Ralph's story, um, or if you're wanting to kind of look at a way that, okay, um, just just kind of reflect on different walks of life that's probably something really cool but yeah john galt aus on insta there's also a facebook page um, but that's probably the best way to get in contact with me uh and yeah i hope you've all enjoyed it fantastic thank you for coming on no thank you for inviting me ralph um thank you so much for having me part of your um program and project thank you very much uh, and that was Thomas. Thank you very much for watching. And now it will be two weeks before the next episode comes. And the next episode, I'm coming back to the UK to invest in an in, in, uh, interview with my guests from here. So I'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Yeah. Yeah.